Welcome back to the Magic of the Spheres podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. On this episode, we have a juicy conversation with a Taurus son about cultivating sexiness. The Taurus archetype is about intimacy with the self and the environment. It's a sign that's ruled by Venus and Libra is also ruled by Venus. And while Libra is the relationships that we have with another person, or the external form of Venus, our desire to connect with other people, the Taurus side of Venus or the inner side of Venus is really about our self-esteem and our relationship with the body. And also by extension of the body, the whole earth, the environment that's around us. If you think about it, we are earth. We're also made out of stardust, so there is that extension too. We're not just terrestrial, but we are extraterrestrial in that sense. But our bodies are physical, and so just because we have this way of seeing ourselves as separate from the world because we're in these kind of autonomous vessels that move about space, we are actually in relationship with the spaces and the textures and the smells around us. And it's really cool in this episode to hear a Taurus talk about having an erotic relationship to the fabric of reality and the whole environment, like the way that clothes feel on our skin or the smells we take in around us or the things in a room that catch our eye and excite us. And not just the erotics that we might share with a particular person, though that is part of the whole dance or the whole environment, right? But one way to look at this too is that the relationships or the erotic relationships that we cultivate with other people are in a form and extension of the eros that we're carrying within ourselves. And this eros that we carry within ourselves can be turned on or activated by so many things. Um, there's a way of just living in a state of being turned on, which sounds great, right? <laughs> And this way of just being turned on more often than not is a really fun and juicy and relational way of interacting with reality. We recorded this conversation a little bit ago, I think probably sometime in May, and right now Mercury is retrograde, and true to Mercury retrograde form, I'm going back and revisiting things, and I remembered this conversation and now really felt like the time to share it. Morgan also has an event coming up in Berkeley for those of you who are in the Bay Area. And she, it's a collaboration with another really lovely person. And this event is called Feed Your Desire, Sexuality, Food, Body Image, and Creativity. And I'll just read you the description. It says, have you noticed that your desires are fed from something that is beyond you? From unhealthy habits, trauma responses, and escapist and addictive tendencies? We are calling in women who are interested in digging beneath the surface and exploring their relationship between food and body image, sexuality, and erotic embodiment, and creativity for the purpose of growth, healing, and transformation. 
This will be an exploration of identity and a passage into our full power, voice, and creative potential. This experience will be right for females who want to rewrite the narrative of myself, in quotes, and let go of the past stories we've been told or that we've told about our lives, which we have outgrown. We will gather and create a container to address personal and collective shadows of the female body and female sexual expression. Super cool. I'm going to be leaving the link to that event in the show notes. It's happening August 3rd of 2019, and I highly recommend going. It will be something that, you know, as you listen to this episode, the way that Morgan talks about sexuality and about self-esteem and self-love is a door opener. Her perspectives open up new realities and are really inspiring in a way that's not just inspiring at a buzzy kind of head level or like a you know intellectual cerebral level, but it's like a full body experience of feeling awake in the lower chakras and feeling like, yes, like I can be activated and I can feel sexy all the time and here's how. And as we know, if we're studying different symbol systems, for example, power as an archetype, if we look at Scorpio or we look at Pluto, has this connection to the root, you know, what's at the bottom of things. And so when we're connected to our whole body and we feel activated and awake in all of our energy centers, that's a form of power. And it's also like the more tuned in we are into that depth, um, that root place in ourselves, the more conscious or the more integrated we can be when it comes to the things that we're doing at higher levels upper chakra levels, so to say. And this is actually something that I think comes up a lot for people who are especially spiritually charged, is that I know when I first began my spiritual path in a very self-aware way, because it's hard to say, you know, when did you start it? Of course, like when you were born, right? But it was a significant time where I was really deepening into my psychic sensitivity. And I was seeing healers all the time. I did a lot of astrology trades. And so my day-to-day, week-to-week life involved a lot of sessions. I was giving astrology readings and I was also receiving tons of psychic readings and tons of healings. And when I first started, these healers kept telling me like, you're really up in the air. Like you're not that much in your body. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Of course I'm in my body. And it was almost kind of offensive to get that feedback because I didn't feel dissociated or anything like that. But the more that I got into embodiment and things like yoga, and now I've been getting really excited about dance, um, and I'm also really interested in tantra, I've had experiences of really waking up in deeper ways in the lower chakras and being like, oh, this is what they're talking about, you know? And for the astrology path, it's been that connection between, oh, I have all this wisdom. I have all these things to share with people. Like I can really help people versus is that happening in reality? Am I attracting clients? Am I doing the work that I have the channel or the conduit to be able to do? And so some of that stuff about really being in my body, while not necessarily an obvious business tactic in terms of like, okay, I'm going to dance and I'm going to feel sexy. And somehow that's going to be a causal agent for me being more successful in my practice. But actually at an energetic level, the more in tune we are with ourselves, 
the more in ourselves that we are, we become more magnetic, we're more rooted, we're more connected to earth and things like money and being, I guess, successful at the money or the financial level has a lot to do with these lower chakras, our sense of feeling secure, our sense of feeling connected to the environment and connected to earth. So when it comes to reclaiming our sexuality or getting back into our sexual power, it's a whole experiential awakening. You know, this is a part of ourselves, our sexuality that is so connected to our power. And when we know what turns us on and we feel empowered enough to say yes to things and to say no to things based on what we're turned on by, we get to live in alignment with that erotic intelligence within us. And that is a really important thing. And so work that people like Morgan are doing, I think is really important for the collective. And I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. Well, I'm here in studio AKA my bedroom with my housemate and really good friend, Morgan Hobson. And we're going to talk about fashion and sexuality and food. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear from her. So I want to ask you first, Morgan, how are eating sexuality and consumerism connected? Okay. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm really excited to be on. Um, So for me, sexuality and consumerism and food are really connected because they're three primal drives that we all experience and express and have to participate in as organisms, as humans, whether no matter what gender you identify with or sexuality, um, these are three things we must participate in. And so really understanding how we do participate in these systems is really important because it shapes our daily practices and our decisions and that helps us reach our goals and transform and heal and all kinds of things. Cool. So these are very like basic and primordial elements of life, no matter how complicated they become in our culture. Yeah. And it they might seem like really simple or abstract things, but if you think about it, they're actually the things that are like what you're thinking about, what you're doing, what you're participating in for the majority of your days. And they're often like turn into the most um, things that you're passionate about or that take up your most headspace or heart space. That's so true. Yeah. So what is the journey that has brought you to be passionate about this? Yeah. So um Really early on, I think that I had a huge, I want to say capacity or um, what's the word, like a compelled passion towards sexuality and connecting with with others in that way. And it was something I didn't really understand when I was so young and growing up in Texas um, in a very rural, conservative town, family, um, I just did not feel I wasn't allowed to even really explore that, which I didn't, you know, really become aware of until much later. But um, yeah, so there was a lot of trauma around that. I had a lot of really intense um, sexual experiences when I was younger and just preceding that my spiritual life, then now it's spiritual, then I considered it more religious was very, very important. So all of these things I didn't really understand, creating lots of intense experiences and leading to trauma. Then later on, when I was um, on my journey to heal from that and kind of move on and grow and expand, becoming an adult and changing, um, something that 
Well, the thing that really did lead me to healing was food. Um, my relationship to food um, was healing to my body. Then I was able to explore psychologically more about what was going on in my sexuality and those past experiences. And then this has led me to um, really just acknowledging how I participate as a consumer, how I buy things, how I handle my waste and um yeah, so now it just turned into my lifestyle. And um, I'm yeah. curious about So you've been involved with like eating disorder clinics, right? So yes. you've been working with people who have eating disorders. And then what was your experience with um, your own food healing? Like, what did that look like? Yeah, let's see. Let me think for a second. So my, um, my relationship to food and how I've just kind of came awakened to it was I was feeling really crappy in my body. I noticed my hormones were just out of control. Um, and I didn't really have the resources to reach out to doctors or get medical help. And so I just decided I'm going to do research on my own. So I used the internet and did the best research I could at the time and found the kinds of foods that affect your hormones. And that's really where I started. And so I started like adding herbs and um, eliminating processed sugar and really just trying to eat better. I took baby steps, right? Like I did not um, adopt this crazy diet or anything. It was very slow baby steps and it has been since then. Um, and so, yeah, just really taking one thing at a time. Um, now I'm more of, well, I'll stop there. Did that answer your question? Yeah. I also wanted to ask you about your move to San Francisco that I've heard from you that that was like a big shift for you in terms of being in a different environment that allowed you to explore reality in a different way. So can you tell us what that was like? Yeah, I'm smiling right now because it's just been so amazing to and chaotic. But um, I moved here from grad school with my partner. Um, I go to California Institute of Integral Studies. I just finished and got my master's in East-West Psychology. Um so I was always studying psychology as my background. And yes, yeah, so moving here from Texas, I all of a sudden were, was around people who were wearing what they wanted to and um, exploring radical ideas and were able to talk about these things that just were like taboo in Texas. Um, and coming from that place where I was like more ashamed or or feared that I would be put to the side and cast aside. Um, here I was able to just be like, okay, I'm going to try all everything out that I want to try out because I feel supported here to do so. So I started playing with outfits and got really into um, thrift stores and um, playing with the like how outfits brought out different aspects of my sexuality. And that led me to really be able to question and explore my sexuality in an actual like embodied tangible way um how different outfits made me feel how I acted in different outfits um my masculine feminine sides and yeah um you're so good at fashion like I wish I had your eyes when it comes to going out to thrift stores and stuff well I have a trick that I can offer I love to tell this to people um so I don't I don't look at sizes or um, I don't have any preconceived notions. I look in the guy section too, and I'll just flip through racks very quickly. Um, and 
when my eye catches something, like I, I don't try to find styles that I think look good on me. Um, you know, some people think they can only wear like a certain sort of cut or a certain style of skirt, but I just flip through every rack, let my eye just lightly glaze over. And when my eye catches something, I'll, I'll be like, okay, this piece is for me and I'm going to find a way to wear it. Um, and it's, it's really fun. And you, yeah. And you can wear the piece lots of different ways. That's so cool. Um, so how do different outfits influence your sexuality and how could other people use fashion to tune into their sexuality? Like what's the connection there? And you're a Taurus and you're so sensual by nature too. So I feel like this is like magic and, um, something that you connect with really easily, but I'm able to see fashion and self-worth and sexuality through your eyes. And it opens this like new world to me. So I would just love to hear maybe how people can connect to this. Um, so I just have so many little practices that I use around this and let's see. So this is my kind of take on it. My philosophy is sometimes we want to feel more, um, bold, right. And outrageous and like dominating. And sometimes we wake up and we feel like we're more vulnerable that day. and want to be a little bit more, um, protected, uh, maybe not so in the eye of the public. And so I have different sort of outfit styles that I know I can go to. Um, so for instance, I wake up and I'm like super, you know, stimulated and I want to connect with people in the public and be really sexy and playful in that way, then I will wear some of my outfits that are more, um, I don't know, they're cut in more fun ways. They're looser, um, really accentuates my feminine side or maybe, um, if I'm waking up and I feel like I need to go on a job interview and feel really assertive, then I'll maybe wear something more bold and masculine. And that's just because I feel I didn't have, I feel like I'm rambling here a little bit. Can I start that over? Sure. You were doing fine though. Okay. We can, I can just ask you something else. Okay. Um, and we might come back to that. You've told me something that really inspired me about a choice you made when you were younger about how you wanted to connect to yourself and to your aesthetic that was rebellious or different from the environment around you. And I feel like a lot of women and maybe just people in general can connect to this in terms of how class can influence how you feel or how you feel like you're allowed to dress or like who has access to being sexy. And I feel like you have this like stubbornness of like, I'm going to be sexy no matter what, you know, like no matter what my resources are. And so I would love to hear that story. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I felt really defiant when I was younger because I grew up in this small town that um, was filled with a lot of old money and it's very Southern. So there's lots of wealth and, um, all the girls, you know, and the guys that had the latest fashion and all these brands. And I didn't grow up in that economic class and didn't have that resource. And so I, I felt like I always got this judgment of not being allowed to be sexy or, you know, I just wasn't fitting in. So I wasn't cute or hot or whatever. And I just felt so defiant that it's not fair. Like anyone should be allowed to express beauty. Beauty is not based in brands or economic class. It's based in what I believe is like how you express your passions and how you see things as beautiful, how you bring beauty into the world. 
world. And so I decided to just use myself as an art piece. And if I could make art out of myself, then surely I could make, you know, beauty and then that's worth it. And I'm allowed to do that. Um, so I wanted to say something else. Oh, so yeah, I remember being in college and I still didn't have a lot of money at this point. And I had a closet full of a few basic things and, um, I would switch, I would go to the thrift store and basically like sell two things and swap them out for two other things. And I would do this all the time and no one really knew, you know, like I was struggling, but it was fun. It was a fun thing to do. And even once I remember having like only one pair of shoes and they were these black sandals, but I needed some nicer shoes for, you know, like a nicer party or an interview or something. So I went to their store and swapped them out. But then I needed these sandals because they were my everyday sandals after this event. So I went back and luckily they were still there. And there's just all always tricks. I just want to encourage people like this um, is something about the consumerism part too, is you can be really into fashion and, and be, have fun with it all the time and still not spend a ton of money or have a lot of resources to do it. You can be really creative. And that's the point, like the creativity of it, not yeah, the participation of participation of creativity with it, not so much the outcome for whatever other purpose. Right. That really inspires me because when I was a kid, I would see these magazines and like the typical kind of beauty image and look at like the clothes that people were wearing and there would even be like the price list in the back of the magazine, like Mm -hmm. how much these things cost. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can't get my parents to buy me that. And I don't have a way of making money. Like I can't afford this. And I felt really blocked from an aesthetic that I felt I was connected to like for whatever reason. And so I was just really sad and it was like years of sadness in that particular regard. And so I feel like there's something to be said about your spirit and just like what you brought as a soul into this life that you have this like fierce, like, fuck that, like, I'm going to be sexy, and I'm going to look good. And I'm going to have fun with fashion, regardless of this really powerful, like, uber structure of values that's kind of inculcated in our culture based on consumerism. And so that's really cool that you saw through that and that you're able to you know, you always look so great. I love your fashion. Thank and you. when we have parties at the house, you like have such really good aesthetic. Will you encourage me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's really everyone. If you want to, if you feel like you are not in the space of being bold enough to be creative, then you need to find a friend like Sabrina, because I'll come out of my room wearing something that I'm like, this is crazy. My housemates are going to make fun of me for this one for sure. And I'll come downstairs and she'll say like, you look awesome. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like yeah, it's just fun to be able to be supported and exploring. Yeah, I'm always inspired by it. So I don't know what's going on in Texas. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, this is, I just wanted to say, just a last note on this is um, I'm really passionate about this because I feel like now the tides are tipping with the Time's Up movement and just positive body image that this is a big part of it and breaking that cycle of body shaming and having only one look that's beautiful um, in the media is we have to reclaim, which I know this word is tossed around a lot, but we have to tell ourselves that is our right to express creative creatively with fashion and beauty, no matter 
what economic resources we have. Like sometimes I literally use clay and like make art on my face, you know, um, like using nature, make a flat bracelet, you know, out of flowers and just the right that you have to make beauty with whatever you have around you. That is fashion and fashion industry has, you know, made it an illusion that there's one fashion industry that is high-end brands and they create the look when that's not true we have to be able to to be the ones though to say no we've we've been quiet for years centuries now but we want to reinstate that power of fashion within everyone and yeah right and so consumerism kind of keeps the feminine down in a certain way, right? Like it, it kind totally. of feeds into, I feel like the shadow of the, the divine feminine is insecurity, right? Like that's yeah. what women really grapple with. Mm-hmm. And advertising in terms of like the beauty industry is directly hitting the pain points about like, here's what's wrong with yes. you and you need to fix it. But then these images that we're supposed to aspire to are photoshopped. So it's kind of like a rigged game. Yes. And I feel like it keeps women away from their divine feminine, like creative power and like liberation. Exactly. Because it's telling us that we have to buy fashion when in reality we are meant to make fashion ourselves with our creative (laughs) potential. And we're not as women, I think for everyone, it's really, it's really intriguing. Right. But for women, I think in, well, no, I'll just say, yeah, it's, it's fun for everyone. And when we're told we have to buy it, then we're we're cut off from our ability to just be creative in, in a really essential, primal way. So how do you think that um, people, like I've heard you say before that like if you feel sexy, it will like ooze out of you. Mm-hmm. Can you talk more about how people can create their own sexiness at like an energetic level? Yes. Um I solely believe that the more you can help yourself feel sexy, the more you are sexy. That's just been reflections for from myself that I've gotten from others. And when I see my friends do it, I am and other other people. How do you do it energetically? So I mean, yes, okay. you might adorn yourself in certain ways, but how does like the way that you feel about yourself actually shine through your physical appearance? Something I'm going to be totally honest. Go for it. Okay. (laughs) People might not want to hear this, but it's really true. If you, the more you are honest with yourself about anything, how the emotions that you're having at the time, things that you're embarrassed about, things that you're scared about, things that you actually really juicily, juicily, is that a word? Passionately, like ravenously want to devour. If you're more, the more you're honest or the more you can work to being honest um, with yourself. And then beyond that, the next step is expressing those things or finding a way, even if it's just to yourself. But the more you can do that, the more you will feel sexy because sexiness is like your authentic desires. And there's so many things. You're the only one that can know that. You're the only one that can know what you authentically desire and what you think is sexy. And the other part of that is what you want what sexiness you want to bring to the space. Um, So it's not just always looking for a reflection 
of sexiness, but what do you want to like elicit from others? How do you want to excite others sexiness? Um, so you can dance with it or play with it or make art with it or, you know, in the, the best case, make love with it. <laughs> That's so good. That feels like true intimacy because, um, if we're not going to be honest with ourselves or we're not going to accept ourselves or we're going to dissociate from ourselves because we're judging ourselves or whatever, we're not being intimate. We're self-abandoning. So this constant self-intimacy and being honest with all that stuff is like what you would get from like a significant other, right? Someone that you can yeah. tell your secrets to and laugh about weird stuff with and be really weird with and totally. show a private yes. side of yourself. And so you have to do that for yourself. Yes, yes. That's your relationship to your inner, yeah, sexy, sex goddess, whatever you want to call it. I love it makes it so accessible too, because it's not about, oh, I have to become perfect first and then I can like myself, which is, I feel like another illusion that people fall into in terms of sexiness. Like, oh, I'll feel it when I have this body or I can afford these clothes. But if you're just actually with yourself, that's so good. Yeah, totally. Um, So I think also something that helped me a lot with this was like, in developing a relationship to my authentic, like sexy self and sensuality was, um, uh, was understanding what role sexuality and sexiness played in my life. For me, it really feels like my muse when I feel sexy or when I'm, um, working creatively with another person to, cultivate sexiness, whether that be for an art project or cooking or intimacy, like in a a sexual relationship. Um, it's really my muse. It's like how I see the world helps me, you know, stay on my right compass. Like, um, in, in the definition of my muse is what I mean is it's my, motivation, inspiration, ambition. It's my passion. So it helps me stay aligned with my true compass of where my goals want to go, the healing that I need to do, um, how I need to change as a person to actually be who I want to be and grow and expand and become more intimate. So I think everyone should develop or an awareness of what they, what role sexiness plays in their life. Maybe it's something different for everyone. I really appreciate that. It's, um, I mean, it's like letting Eros drive in a sense, like living in accordance with what turns you on. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's not necessarily encouraged in mainstream culture, but it would be a sexier and more enjoyable world if it was. And probably less, I mean, there's, if that force is suppressed, it comes out in weird ways too. It does. Yeah. Um, And so you are constructing a lifestyle based off of your values. Can you say a little bit more about like that process? So, yes, I think maybe you could, you could tell me, but is this, is this more of my um, Taurus nature to be really associated with values? Probably. Okay. Um, I just think at this time in the world with everything going on, there's lots of racism, homophobia, um, violence against women, people of color, transgender, um, non-binary people, all kinds of things, right? There's a huge environmental crisis. Um, We have 
crisis around consumerism. And so on being aware of what we value determines your entire lifestyle, determines the things you buy and you put in your body. Um, you know, we've, we all know these things, right? And so I've really made it a point to become aware of why, what I value, why I value it and how that's feeding into my lifestyle choices. Um, so I want to say something about this because I feel like it turns a lot of people off because people think they have to become aware of their values right away and then become like perfect consumers and super, if they want to be like hold sustainability as a value, they have to be 100% sustainable and know it all. And that's impossible. Like there's so much information that we have way too many responsibilities, right. And, and obligations. And so I just want to make it clear that um, when I realize things that are my values like sustainability or um, co-creative relationships other than codependency, non-toxic relationships, I am, or, you know, eating, eating um, sustainably. These are not something sustainable fashion. Sorry, just the last thing to note. These are not some things that I can become a pro at right away. There's lots of complexities around the systems and how we participate in it. And, um, you have to all do what's right for you. So just taking baby steps and then developing your value. It's basically like a skill, right? I think of values as skills. If you want to become a better writer, you practice at it. If you want to, um, if you know that you care about sustainability, but you know you're not um, in the value system, based in the value system yet that you need to be, um, then just working to cultivate that value more. Totally. That's so true. I think that it, um, people might avoid doing these things if they're so overwhelmed by the necessity to be perfect before they even start. And I feel like actually going through like what I love about Taurus and like the Taurus archetype too, is that it's very grounded. So you could be in the dirt or in the mud and you're <laughs> sifting through that and you're figuring yes. it out and you're creating beauty from a very grounded space. You don't have to, mm. you know, have this like lofty ideal and get there right away. It's like, what is right here in front of me and how can I utilize it for my growth right now, right here? Yeah. And that's how I just kind of thread the creative process through all of this thing, all of these things. Um, yes. Using creativity as the medium for creating this kind of lifestyle because it's a creative process. It's having fun. Do you think there's any more taboo insights that you have about navigating sexuality in our current age? Do you think I have some? (laughs) I think so. Yeah. Wait, ask me that again. I don't know if I understand the question. I can phrase it differently. Um, In terms of like, what are some, some other things you notice about sexuality in our current age is that or should i ask something else i mean i could say something about that i don't know if this is what you're looking for though um what about so for people who are wanting to become more intimate with themselves as a route for sexiness and feeling just like that mm-hmm. passion in themselves how do you suggest people navigate the parts of themselves that they reject or feel shame about? Yes. So I have a practice that I call auto eroticism. Um, and it is, 
my I do it through poetry, writing, sometimes dance. Um, but it's really my exploration of what I feel sexiness is, eroticism is, sensuality is, passion, amor, amoris with reality and dimensions of reality like space and lights. You know, this is like a really abstract thing to talk about, but basically like if you can enter a room and just kind of get into a spot of noticing around the room what makes you stimulated like what catches your attention what makes you feel certain things in certain places of your body what makes your heart beat a little faster what makes your um you know skin prickly what makes you like turned on because these things are colors and smells and senses right like sensuality and this is displayed through people we have you know, sexual relationships with people, but the things that make those relationships and experiences sexy are also in lots of other aspects of space and time and dimensions. And so, um, I just like to explore that. And that really takes a lot of pressure off of trying to find a human to, fulfill all of your desires and like, you know, have all of these erotic experiences that you want to have if that a lot of times people feel isolated, right? Or lonely when they don't have a person to explore this with, but it's so abundantly around us. And oftentimes like even way more interesting and simulated, you can be really interested in what you feel like you find or see or feel. I love that. I'm like beaming because <laughs> not only is that like high Taurus value of like, finding eroticism and abundance in the entire environment but it's also really inspiring and we're like in my room right now and I'm like looking around (laughs) and I think like oh yeah like based on my relationship with space I can act like I'm just in a dead inert boring space or I can feel its sexiness (laughs) and its aliveness and I can interact with it and I feel like that's a kind of kindling of some kind and you're like building a flame in your life and it's a much more exciting way to live and it seems like you've mentioned it's a practice so it's something that you can commit to or get you know, Mm -hmm. more familiar with doing and maybe it feels weird at first or maybe it's just Mm -hmm. the way that you are too. I think you are pretty sensual by nature. (laughs) Oh, but totally awkward too. So, oh yeah. (laughs) But it's definitely the kindling. That's what I'm, um, it becomes a spark that you can, and you can then interact with someone through this medium of sexiness rather than it being just total pressure of making this sparks happen between another person. Like you can, find sexiness in the environment and use it as the kindling, like you said, or like a fire to then draw others and be like, sit by my fire. Like, look how hot this <laughs> is. And like, get all warm and toasty, maybe roast some marshmallows, dance around it, you know, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah, Captivating. totally. And when you said that, it also drew out kind of the absurdity of the amount of pressure that we put on other people to fulfill something that maybe the whole container of reality could actually fulfill yeah you could just share it with each other if people I don't know I feel like if people had more of that mindset there'd just be less yeah just pressure that we put on each other and we can enjoy each other's 
sexiness more because we could just see, we could share with each other what we see as sexy or share um, offerings. And it's not so much of a toxic taking or stealing or force pushing it on someone. Totally. That's so up in the collective right now too. A huge transformation of like sexuality in the collective. It's a little messy or a lot messy right now, but it's coming to the surface. (laughs) (laughs) So I just have to say, while you were talking about the ways that if we're intimate with ourselves and we're just really authentically honest with all these different facets of ourselves, that that's sexy. I saw all these lights over your face and I was like, yes, like this is so like true. This is really important for us to know. And something that, um, I think is the challenging or like, Mm. I, you know, when it comes to like sex with another person, you can play with your edges with another person, Mm -hmm. but you have to be able to do that with yourself too. Yes. And if you do that with yourself, then you become like more magnetic towards that kind of sexual union or sexual attraction with other people. Totally. Um, But it starts with the self and that's a really important, you know, we talk about this in spirituality and like enlightenment and whatever, that it's like, you don't need these external things. It's all from within. And we live in a culture that really loves the form and loves the externals. And so finding our way inward um, is challenging for everyone, but Mm -hmm. it's like the wellspring from which all abundance and like magnetism comes through. Yeah. I would just encourage everyone to know that it is challenging and it can be really awkward and scary. It's not just like, Oh, I'm going to be honest with myself and just become the sexual goddess. It's not like that at all. Um, but like I said, helpful things are having people around you that, you know, will support your, um, desire to explore and be more creative and be more in the space of taking risk. Um, and those people that will tell you what, does work for you and what's more of like okay that's a little bit extra or I think that's coming from a place of like not your authentic self maybe more of your ego you know what I mean so just getting reflections and putting yourself out there and um just laughing it off when it turns out awkward (laughs) or extra (laughs) I love it thank you Morgan thanks Thank you for listening. I hope you feel inspired to cultivate eroticism in your life after listening to this. And if you would like to tell us what you think about this episode, please holler at us on Instagram. You can share a screenshot of this episode and put it in your story. You can tag me at Sabrina Monarch and you can tag Morgan at Ashen Light, A-S-H-E-N Light, and then an underscore. You can also learn more about Morgan and check out her coaching programs and more about her journey. And you can do that at ashenlight-integralcoaching.net. And I'll leave that link in the show notes. I hope you have a juicy day. Bye.